0: AM 1600, rockoftalk.chat and ABQ FM. That's how you'll find us here on the Kiva. And it's Saturday, and that means it's Dr. Summers' call-in show. It'll be the first call-in show of the year. And Happy New Year's, Dr.
1: Summers. It's a gray, beautiful winter day in Albuquerque. Right, yeah. Great day to hunker down and call in and stump the dock. That's
0: right. Uh, Our number to call in today, as every Saturday, will be 266-1600, 266-1600. Doctor, how's your new year going so far?
1: It is absolutely fabulous. I mean, uh, it's good to be alive. It really is. It sure is. It's a
0: blessing every day.
1: Absolutely. And we have so much today. I mean... uh, of course, calls from uh, the folks out there, and then also we uh, can talk about health hacks. I wanted to give the Gatorade story, if I could, today. or Oh, please do. And address the Lord of the Flies, uh, and that uh, segues into the festival of the leavened bread, a nice uh, unleavened bread, excuse me, a nice uh, Jewish tradition. And then we should do the COVID update uh, and uh, point out that Merca, <laughs> let's see, Mercamectrin and Pfizermectin, uh, which are the knockoffs of Ivermectin, are now becoming available, and your Walgreens store will gratefully carry that. Uh, although they seem to give us problems with the uh, inexpensive Ivermectin. Anyway, and then finish up perhaps with health hacks on cold remedies. Maybe get your cold remedies as a topic to call in on. Maybe there's a family recipe for a cold remedy that your family has. It might be something to share with the audience. Think about that. And then I thought uh, if I have time, I'll talk about mistakes made while you're using your crock pot. So that's, that's what's on the agenda. But... Let's start off with some, you know, quotes and quips, oh. uh, right, Eric?
0: Yes, sir. If you if you'll allow me.
1: Oh yes, we have Democrat wisdom on on uh, tap here today. Okay. Let's quote our friend Joseph Stalin. All right. If you control
0: a person's health, you control the person.
1: And that seems to be the Democrat wisdom with the big scares with COVID. They've been scaring us going on three years now. In fact, I love the uh, naming of this new variant, you know, the, the Oh My God variant. Oh you, My you're... God, yeah, I think about that. Every <laughs> You've got time. to really be scared because the Oh My God variant will get you.
0: That's all I hear now, doctor. Every time I hear that now, I think of Oh My God.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be very scared. But on examination, I think the Oh My God variant may turn out to be God's revenge and God's vaccine. If you recall, it's highly infectious but not very dangerous. And yet the uh, new studies out of Israel show that once you've had the oh my God variant, you are, you know, basically inoculated against getting the original wild type, the delta variant, much more so. In fact, the, I think the Israelis established a number between 20 and 30 times more effective uh, protection from the god variant than from any of the man-made vaccines. So That's great, yeah. If we you can, to folks, run out there and have a friend with the God variant cough on you.
0: we got to get that news out there, doctor. <laughs> I think a lot of people are just a little you know, bit no, too scared. Some
1: people in the audience, I think, are old enough to remember when your kid got measles, all of the other mothers in the neighborhood would bring their kids in to get the measles or the chicken pox right away. Because as an adult, those are very deadly uh, diseases. And so you want your kid to get the chicken pox as early in life as possible. Well, if you can uh, spread the oh-my-God variant, please do so. You're helping your neighbor. And you're also undoing the Democrat wisdom of if you control the person's health, you control the person. But Stalin had more to say. Have you got that? Eric. He
0: says, socialized medicine is the cornerstone of communism.
1: And he is correct. And then the warning from Ronaldus Maximus, the great Ronald Reagan, is the one who pointed out, one of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. It's very easy to disguise a medical program Uh, a la Dr. Fauci, as a humanitarian project. Isn't that amazing wisdom from Ronald Reagan? Yeah. He just nailed it. Very prescient and prophetic, if you ask me. Well, always remember in these troubled times, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Folks, always choose courage. And remember, the purpose of the show here is to educate and empower you, the listener, you don't have to have a prescription pad to be effective in controlling your health, and that's the point we want to make. Should we uh, give out the call-in numbers once again, Eric?
0: Yes, sir. Let's give it out once again. The number is 266-1600. And we actually uh, have a caller on the line if you want to take one right fantastic. away.
1: fantastic. Let's go for it. All right. Yes. Uh, good afternoon, sir or madam.
2: Hello. Yes, I'd like to ask. Ask the good doctor knows about a gentleman from the 30s and 40s by the name of Royal Rife. All right. And cancer cure that worked. And, uh the way he took uh, 16 terminal
3: cancer patients, and in two weeks he cured 14 of them. And the other two it took uh, four weeks to
2: cure using yeah. a machine that he came up with uh, to cure cancer. And... And also how the AMA destroyed him by uh, sending some thugs to his laboratory and the doctor, uh, Mr. Wright, let, let the AMA.
1: A- hey, Eric, can we clean that up, any at all? Because I'm getting fragments of that question.
0: Let me see. I'm going to do my best here.
1: Okay.
2: Anyway, if he knows anything about Royal Rice, that would be like to see what he has to say.
1: And the person's name is Royal?
2: Yes, R R O Y.
1: R-I-F-E. R-I-F-E. Yes. Okay, I'm not really familiar with uh, Mr. Reif or Dr. Reif, but that the uh, NIH and the uh, federal bureaucracy would try to destroy such a person, that is the nature of the NIH. Always remember, NIH stands for not invented here. (laughs) Uh, There was uh, the great Jonas Salk, the guy who brought us the polio vaccine. Uh, I think that uh, there have been a couple of books on how rough it was for Jonas Salk, and he uh, exemplified the old saying that no good deed goes unpunished, and I'm sure if Mr. Reif had something that might be effective, they would go after him. They, uh,
2: they did that. They ruined him, and uh, he kind of died a pauper, you know, because of what they did to him. He would not sell them his machine, and that's why they kind of ruined him. He wanted to have uh, the, uh, his machine used for the people and not to have, uh, you know, they may have control of it.
1: Well, I don't know as if the AMA would have actually uh, had patent rights. That's not how they function. They do principally make their income from uh, royalty rights that they have to diagnostic codes. So every time I write a diagnostic code, there's a ka-ching in the cash register in Chicago, Illinois at the AMA headquarters and they may bring in over $500 million per year from that royalty right, which means they have no need to do anything to please their members, namely the doctors, which is why they have repeatedly from Obamacare and even before betrayed the interest of practicing physicians. The AMA does not represent me. What's interesting is at least once a month, I'll get something from them in the mail saying, hey, for a very small amount, you can be a member. No, I don't want you to use my name. Anyway, I, I don't know if that answers, sir, and I'm sorry that our transmission was garbled, but thank you for listening, and thank you for the call.
2: Look him up and see if I can hear that
1: word. I will do that.
0: All right, Doctor, speaking of Kaching, I, I have my re- assignment. I wanted to remind people where they could get the memory revitalizer. It's at the local stores, the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. Also, you can get it at memoryrevitalizer.net and lifelink.com, or you can order direct at 1-800-606-0192.
1: And there's also pharmacy out there in uh, Fort Sumter, and we also are carried in Phoenix at the Healthy Habit uh, health food store. So we're beginning to get out there amongst the people and uh, the word is getting out that this little formula has great you know health benefits not just for memory even though that's the title but with a little augmentation we feel it's very helpful for people with arthritic issues also very helpful for people with cardiovascular issues but Yeah, let's, uh, while we're waiting for another call, talk about the story of Gatorade, one of my favorite stories.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Yeah, almost a bedtime story. It's the story of a nephrologist by the name of Dr. Robert Cade. And I had the opportunity to see Dr. Cade one time as I was in line to become a nephrologist myself. Those are kidney specialists. And the thing about being a kidney specialist back in the 60s was you had to know a great deal of math. You had to know about electrolytes and how the body and electrolytes interacted. Now, Dr. Cade got assigned by the medical school at uh, Florida, the University of Florida, the thankless task of becoming the team doctor for the helpless and helpless uh, Florida Gators who were always at the bottom of the SEC. And uh, so he went out there and went to the practices in August. And, you know, at the end of the uh, two or three hour workout in the uh, summer heat of Florida, he ended up staying behind and uh, plugging some of these 350 pound, six foot seven buffaloes into a, a uh, solution of lactated ringers to rehydrate them. And he got kind of tired of doing that, you know, and it was burning into his time and causing some stress on the family life. So what he did was he took a few bottles because in those days we didn't have the plastic sacks. I actually was privileged enough to meet the guy who invented the plastic sacks. Oh wow! For uh, you know solutions such as lactated ringers or D five W or even the uh, the blood packs. Uh-huh. But uh, in those days it was big bottles. And so he took a few bottles of Ringer's lactate solution, which has sodium chloride, sodium lactate, potassium chloride, and calcium chloride in it, as well as a little bit of glucose, and he poured it into a bucket, and then what he did was go out in the backyard and pick a few grapefruits, because it was Florida. And he squeezed the grapefruit juice into the lactated Ringer's and put it in a bucket uh, you know, next to where these guys were in the practice field, and said, "Please drink this."
0: Oh, it was originally made from real juice, huh?
1: Real, you know, and from the grapefruits in his backyard. It's a great story. Anyway, so he, uh, you know, you know, immediately didn't have to stay afterwards to treat dehydrated football players, which was a, a blessing. And then finally, he kind of talked the coach into putting the buck of it at the bench during football games, and they sort of kept it a little bit of a secret, Uh and they would drink that. Now, you have to look at the reputation in the early 60s of the Florida Gators. They were known as being a great first-half football team, but in the second half, they just petered out, and they would lose. They would lose to Alabama and LSU or even the University of Virginia, and that was the way it was. They, never, they were always the bottom of the SEC because of that nasty habit. But in 1965, when uh, Dr. Cage started using this uh, uh, magic juice and putting it in the sidelines, they started winning. in actual fact, they were better in the second half than they were in in the first half because their opposing teams began to peter out and lose the games. And in 1967, two years later, they won the Orange Bowl over Georgia Tech. Great. A great win. And there was a famous uh, quarterback for Florida by the name of Steve Spurrier. You may have heard of him. Uh, I'm not much of
0: a sports fan. but
1: Yeah, well, Steve's quite famous. He went on to do well in the pros. But, you know, they uh, had figured out that they had Gatorade, and uh, they were moaning about it on the uh, Georgia Tech side. So the press went and talked to Steve Spurrier, the winning quarterback, and he says, you know, I don't have any answers to whether Gatorade helped us be a better second-half team or not. We drank it, though. Whether it helped us or not in the second half, who knows? Meanwhile, Bobby Dodd, the coach of the uh, Georgia Tech team, said, "If we didn't have Gatorade, and that made all the difference, in why we lost the, the Orange Bowl." Wow, that's a, that is that's a great story. And with that, a legend was
0: born. A legend was born, and now they can't. Now they can't have a game without dumping it on their coach.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that. Kate, early on, went over to the administration the University of Florida and says, you know, I think I'm going to try to patent this stuff. You guys want a piece of it? And they said, what, are you crazy? You're taking some grapefruit juice and putting it in lactated ringers? They, They'll never issue that patent. They didn't want so that. So they signed off on it. Uh-huh. And he did patent it. The patent office accepted it as innovative and useful. And... Later, Florida came back and sued him to try to get some, you know, some rights to it. Oh. He had sold it, uh, ultimately, uh, to Quaker Oats Company in 1983. And the university uh, was busy fighting Dr. Cade. And Cade just hey, let's not fight. Let me g- let's, let's negotiate. So he gave him a 20% share in the Gatorade royalties, and as of 2009, that represented 150 million dollars. 20 percent. Amazing. Isn't, Amazing that, isn't story. this a
0: cool story? That I is just, that is Americana <laughs> at its finest. If you ask me.
1: Now, ultimately, uh, you know, Pepsi bought out Quaker Oats, and they're the people who make it today. And of course, there's. Competition from Coca-Cola and others, but uh, any callers out there? Yeah, we got a couple callers. Okay, on the line. let's do it. Caller, you're on the Kiva with Doctor Summers.
4: Yeah, am I on? You're yes, on.
1: and you're loud and clear. That's perfect.
4: Okay, I got I got a, two, a two-part question, and here I didn't get the vaccine like some other people. First question is, if you're not uh, what the shot. If you have not got the shot, what's the best thing you can do now to uh, keep your health up? Like, I heard vitamin B, zinc, and things like that. Thank you. If you didn't have the shot. And the second thing is, question is, um, how come you go on a a period of time and every so often you feel like you got muscle ache and then it goes away. Then you feel like you're hot and it goes away. And it goes maybe like three cycles, two weeks. A four-week cycle. If something goes, is uh, what's the what's the situation
1: with that? I'm not quite certain about your second question, but let me answer your first question on the vaccine. My general, um, you know, I'm going to be known as an anti vaxxer now. Uh, in general, I like vaccines, but this set of vaccines I think has way too many complications and side effects. And so I advise my patients against taking it as a general principle. And quite often, for specific reasons, we'll write uh, vaccine exemptions. Uh, But uh, So I think the best thing on the vaccine is duck. And in terms of prophylaxis, I like to, in my patients to use oil of oregano under the tongue the minute you get sick. In other words, once you get that fever, once you get the muscle aches, Once you get the chill, uh, once you get the sore throat, uh, reach for the oil of oregano first. And then you can go for the hydroxychloroquine. And a little later on the show, we're going to try to report on the uh, Pfizer-Mectin and the Merck-Mectin, which are knockoffs of uh, Ivermectin, also a very useful drug for this. So I hope that answers. Now on the myalgia. I'm,
4: Um,
1: I'm sorry. Say again, sir.
4: What about before you have any symptoms like right now I feel healthy should I be loading up on vitamin my, body, my feet? Uh, I think all of
1: that helps but uh, my advice is find somebody who has this oh my god variant and have them cough on you. you <laughs> want to you, you want to get the disease so that you can have the immunity to it There was a paper well, that I don't know about that. Yeah, there was a paper that came out in 2003 where they looked at survivors of the 1918 flu and they found 90 years later they still had antibodies. Our first uh, experience with COVID was in 2003 and survivors of that particular outbreak have been tested 17 years later and their antibodies are still good. A recent study from Israel shows that if you get the oh My God variant, it inoculates you against uh, the wild type, the original, the Delta variant, the Alpha, Beta, and the chicken soup uh, variant. So you want to get the disease; it's better protection. The thing is, you you treat it aggressively.
4: If you cannot get the disease, what is it like? I get a lot of sleep. If- And when you're older, it's hard to get
1: sleep, Uh, vitamin B, zinc, anything else? Well, all of those are nice preambles, but uh, the thing is, if you can, try to get the disease and then treat it. Now, you mentioned zinc, and uh, that brings me to hydroxychloroquine, which, of course, is mostly in the world used to treat malaria, but can also be used to treat rheumatoid arthritis. And hydroxychloroquine is uh, actually a a funny substance because what it does is reach around in your body and collect up zinc and bring it inside the cell. Once the cellular level of zinc is fairly high, the virus can't get in. But if the virus is already there, it cannot take over the RNA mechanism to make baby viruses And that's how hydroxychloroquine works. It actually augments your zinc. Um, I don't know if that answers.
4: Like
2: 50,
1: 100? Uh, Zinc is a funny substance. If you get up around 100 milligrams a day over time, you will wipe out your taste and smell. The uh, right dose is 30 milligrams or under, or 50 milligrams or under as a prophylactic. And it's okay. an adjuvant. It doesn't uh, kill the virus by itself. It needs help from the hydroxychloroquine.
4: A preventive. Yes. And then, okay, but again, my,
1: my of, advice is don't prevent this. Welcome it. Go get no, it.
4: We, what, well, social distancing, you try not to be. I don't want no one coughing on I me mean, at all. I'm,
1: I'm hey, sorry, that last. Oregano, yeah, the last was garbled, sir. Could you try that again?
4: the oil of oregano, you put one drop under your tongue when the symptoms
1: come on. Actually, uh, physician strength from uh, North American herb, you use two drops, one on each side. There are two big veins under the tongue, and the oil of oregano penetrates through soft tissue like it's almost not there. And the oregano itself is an antiseptic. It's the holy grail of infectious disease. It uh, knocks down viruses, uh, bad uh, bacteria, and even fungus to some extent.
4: For one day, two days, a couple of days, or until the symptoms go away?
1: Usually, it's two drops under the tongue with the first symptoms, and two or three times the next day. And occasionally, you'll use it a couple of times in the third day. But usually, you're back on your feet doing whatever you do by day two. It's pretty okay. effective. And again... I had some patients with a famous Italian name that I won't mention on the air. Two brothers that uh, treated the uh, COVID uh, entirely with oil of oregano under the tongue and quite oil successfully.
4: Of, uh, two drops, one on each side of the tongue, a couple times a day. So that makes like yeah. eight hours.
1: Somewhere, or in that, or after yeah. a yeah, somewhere in that range. now. Uh, We use the Physician Strength in my office uh, from North American Herb, but if you use the regular strength that's available at most health food stores, it would be four drops under the tongue. It's a little less concentrated.
0: You know, honestly, doctor, I've just made it a part of my life. I don't don't see myself ever coming off the oregano oil.
1: (laughs) That's nice. You're like Eddie. Eddie uses it that way. Yeah, I just use it when I'm sick or if I'm going into a high-risk zone like getting on an airplane where people are in a container and the air is recycled. Uh, And if I go to a kindergarten class, I'll take two drops of oregano under under the tongue before I walk into the kindergarten class because I view kindergartners as a Petri dish with legs. At least that's my well, view. They're lovely. They're great. I don't mean to disparage kindergartners, but there are infectious disease on the move. Anyway, it
4: leads me to two questions.
1: Oh, my. I think okay. we should move on, sir. Have we got anybody else? Yes, sir. Caller,
0: you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers. Oh, hi,
3: Dr. Summers. Uh, I've got a two-part question. Um, one is in regards to iodine as a antiviral and a anti-prostate cancer uh, beneficiary and also whether you recommend to get the flu shot this year.
1: Okay, well, let's start with the iodine question. Iodine is a funny substance. Uh, Lugol solution is the uh, way you get uh, concentrated uh, potassium iodine. It comes in two flavors, 2% Lugol solution Uh, which you can get at health food stores, and 5%, which is a prescription event from a compounding store. The iodine uh, is actually uh, kind of interesting in that it tends to precipitate what's called apoptosis, or programmed cell suicide in prostate cancer cells, in breast cancer cells, in pancreatic cancer cells. And there's some uh, suggestion that it induces apoptosis in colon cancer cells. So, using it as a preventative for those particular problems, oh, I might add ovarian cancer, uh, seems to be a useful way to use it. In some of my patients uh, and the ladies, I have them take the Lugol solution about five drops uh, you know, per day in a glass of juice for uh, one month, and that consumes about a tablespoon of the 5% Lugol's. Anyway, so that's the iodine. As an antiviral, there are protocols used by docs who treat COVID-19 where you take the iodine, dilute it, and use it as basically a mouthwash. Now, I want to say when you do that, keep it to the back of the throat because iodine can stain teeth. Uh, So usually when I have people take iodine, I have them do it through a straw to the back of the mouth and keep it away from your teeth. On the flu shot, uh, I'm not a big proponent of the uh, annual flu vaccine. I think that the science behind it is pretty thready, so I don't insist on that with my patients. I hope that answers, sir. Thank you, it does. Okay. Do we have more, Eric?
0: Do we have more people on the line? Yes, sir. Caller, you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers.
1: Yeah, good afternoon. May I help you? Is that me? Yes, ma'am. That's you.
5: Okay. My, my sister and I went out to Moses, and we bought the um, memory revitalizer. Oh,
1: great.
0: Thank you.
5: And I like it very much, but my sister has always had trouble falling asleep at night. And when she started taking that, she said it made it even worse, and she ended up giving me hers. Is there anything in that that would cause her not to be able to get to sleep, or is it totally unrelated?
1: It actually has five different energies put in there to open up blood flow to the brain, so every component gets up to the brain where it's targeted. And those energies tend to give energy. Now, if she takes all of the revitalizer first thing in the morning, then it should actually help sleep. We get a lot of people say if they uh, take it that way, it improves sleep because you burn off your energy during the day. But if you take it throughout the day or uh, take it at the end of the day, say 6 o'clock at night, you're going to be up all night cleaning the house. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that applies to your sister. Maybe she took it too late in the day. You might ask her about that. I hope I that do helps. That,
5: yeah. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, Eric. Caller, you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers.
6: Hi, Dr. Summers. This is Rick.
1: Yeah, hi, Rick. How can we help you today?
6: Yeah, uh, I got a prophylactic description I, or prescription. I talked to you before for hydroxychloroquine and zinc. And you can answer the first part this question later when you go over the ivermectin knockoffs if you want to. And that question is do these therapeutics, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, can they can the virus become therapeutically resistant to them in a similar manner like there's antibiotic resistant and even possible vaccine resistance in this leaky COVID vaccine. And the second question is, have you heard about the outbreak in central China? There's 14 million people locked down to the extent that the Chinese Communist Party is even starving them, not letting them out of their dwellings. And they're taking dead bodies out at night. These are reports from Chinese citizens. uh,
1: I'll have to look into the Chinese thing. The Chinese are kind of secretive people.
6: (laughs) Let me say this is what the symptoms are. The symptoms are described as bleeding from the ears, nose, and eyes.
1: That's interesting. Usually what happens with COVID is it creates clots and uh, vasculitides and, uh, in the heart. That comes across as a carditis and sudden death. Uh, but uh, bleeding disorders are known from both the illness itself and from the vaccines. Uh, women will frequently have uh, problems with menstrual bleeding that is excessive. So it uh, you know wouldn't surprise me that they would have a loss of platelets and uh, increased likelihood of bleeding. So it sounds like a new variant developed by the Chinese, Rick. Yes,
6: and of course they're not saying what it is. I mean, all I've seen is on the war room, Ben Harwell has reported on this a few times, and they're still trying to find out what's going on, you know, with the Olympics coming up pretty soon now.
1: Yeah, it would be such a shame if their Olympics didn't do well. And, uh, I mean, uh, the Olympics, I think, will be the springboard for their invasion of Taiwan, regrettably. You know, they'll have the big celebration then take over Taiwan while... uh, Our president is sleeping. Anyway, that's just one man's opinion. But prophylactically, again, I I try to get people talked out of prophylaxis and say, hey, go find someone who's got this very benign variant. Go get that variant, and it'll probably inoculate you against all of the future variants. I don't know if I've made that clear, Rick, but that's what I'm trying to get across.
6: Yeah, I've got a low fear level. I'm not worried about it now.
1: Yeah, I mean, for them to name it the Oh My God variant, I think that's just so funny. Anyway, uh, I'm going to use you as a springboard to talk about these knockoffs of, uh, you know, first off, in terms of bleeding things, the Johnson & Johnson uh, COVID uh, vaccine, the one and done, that now (laughs) is no longer one and done, but you need a booster.
0: Unless by done, they mean dying.
1: yes. Uh, it's now known to also create blood clots and low blood platelet levels, which would be your bleeding events. Uh, but two new ones coming on the market that are going to be almost co-sponsored by Walgreens is the Merck-amectin, uh, which is mononorparvar. Um, and it is an antiviral drug based on the same basic principles as the ivermectin in that it interferes with how the virus copies their genetic material and prevents the virus from making baby viruses. And at the same time, when you go look up material on the uh, molnupirvarr, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation there, uh, molnupirvarr, Anyway, uh, they will come out and say, oh, no, there's no evidence that ivermectin is effective against COVID-19, to which I would respond, no, just 65 peer-reviewed studies that show it's beneficial and very helpful. So they're trying to suppress the uh, value of ivermectin, even though their drug is based on the same mechanism of action. And then the uh, the propaganda from Merck says that ivermectin is simply an anti-parasitic drug. Wrong. Anyway, uh, I, I gained the impression it's going to be five to $700 to take the uh, Merca me- uh, mectin. <laughs> but the other new one is uh, Paxlovid. Uh, Paxlovid is the Pfizer-Mectin. And again, it's uh, based on the same mechanism of action soon to be available at your Walgreens everywhere. And it also is a chymotrypsin-like protease inhibitor. Uh, we should probably take some calls, and if I get a little break later on, we'll talk about how a chymotrypsin-like uh, uh, protease works to stop the virus. We've got call a caller's doctor, but I wanted to know, for a lay
0: person myself, like myself, where do we find a uh, peer-reviewed studies, so we can look at them ourselves.
1: Yeah, uh, you have to search the Internet, and you have to be aware that uh, there is a government bias. If it says NIH, they're probably going to be against things. If it says FDA, they're going to be against things. If it says CDC, these are all government outlets that are trying to suppress effective, inexpensive treatments and push you in the direction of uh, expensive patented uh, treatments. Which agencies might give us a, an
0: oppos- an opposing view or a second opinion?
1: Uh, usually, you're going to get that from the uh, Frontline Doctors website. They'll have a bunch of references there. Frontline Doctors, okay. But uh, I... Well, as a professional, I go to PubMed and look things up. That's how I go about doing it. I, I want to be as
0: smart as you, doctor. PubMed sounds like a good one for me to check out.
1: Yeah, PubMed, and then you just uh, have to have enough knowledge to par- put your queries in. And it's an unending uh, you know, parade of information. You'll spend all day there. All right, caller,
0: you're in the Kiva with Dr. Summers.
3: Oh, hi, Dr. Summers. I had a question about, is there a bioidentical that you can take to kind of help with uh, testosterone or HGH, which isn't going to affect uh, problems with, like, prostate cancer and so forth?
1: Well, in the first place, there really isn't good evidence that testosterone uh, makes prostate cancer worse. Uh, and that is a uh, old doctor's rumor that there is no literature to support it. A number of years ago, I was giving a talk at uh, uh, a conference in a place called Dowling, China. And uh, next door to us was a uh, cancer uh, uh, symposium. And I went over and asked some of those guys and said, hey, is there evidence that estrogen itself uh, makes breast cancer worse? Is there evidence that testosterone makes prostate cancer worse? We got in a long discussion. They could cite no papers, and I have not found any. Um, but the uh, most doctors are taught the uh, the adage that testosterone makes prostate cancer worse. Uh, is that your understanding?
3: Well, that's kind of what I've heard. Uh, I just wondered if there's something like bioidentical
1: that you could take. Usually, what I do is I put most of my gentlemen on progesterone, which is a girl hormone and actually has fairly decent evidence out of the European Union that it suppresses prostate cancer. And again, I will give them a course of uh, elemental iodine, which has a tendency to uh, kill prostate cancer rogue cells. I hope that answers, sir. Thank you. Alrighty, Are there other callers? Not at the moment, but... Uh, oh, lovely. Okay.
0: If you want to give us a call, try and stump Dr. Summers. The number is 266-1600. And uh, in the meantime, doctor, I wanted to ask you a little bit about flies. I mean, there's probably not a run, not a lot around now in the mid-dead of winter, but the fly season is coming up for
1: sure. Yes, absolutely. The Lord of the Flies. Yeah, flies are nasty little critters, and uh, there was probably uh, a number one cause of all kinds of mischief. Uh, you know, flies in general are the largest and most dynamic order of insects that we have. And a fly is defined as one pair of wings and one pair of what are called halters, which are small knob-like structures behind the wings. Some of them will bite, and uh, regrettably, uh, those that bite tend to pass diseases among men. And uh, those diseases can be rather difficult. Um, let's see here. I wanted to kind of focus on a little. Anyway, uh, basically, when you're seeing flies around, you have a problem with filth. Uh, because flies indicate they are the most common public health problem around the world, and they're related to sleeping sickness, leishmaniasis. In the United States, we've had 200,000 cases of leishmaniasis in the past year. That really shouldn't happen. That's caused by a fly vector. But what's really scary about it is leishmaniasis is usually endemic to Central and South America, and most of our uh, border jumpers, the people that uh, our administration is letting come in by hordes uh, are from areas in Central and South America where leishmaniasis is very common. So we're gonna begin to start seeing these weird uh, diseases like typhoid fever, leishmaniasis, and even tularemia. Start popping up more and worry about the flies. Flies can also cause pink eye, that is conjunctivitis. So when you see flies, think, hey, we got some filth around that we need to clean up. Uh, flies, of course, lay eggs and some of them uh, actually retain the eggs in their body and give birth directly to larvae, but the eggs then become larvae. And the larvae are actually thin-skinned, legless, cylindrical, tapered maggots with a, paired, a pair of mouth hooks at the tapered end and breathing uh, spiracles at the blunt end of the maggot. The uh, larvae larva eventually contracts, hardens into a protective shell and then gives birth to the flying fly. So when you see flies, don't think of pesticides because these flies have become resistant to most pesticides. Actually, what you have to do is look for the source of the breeding site. You have to see is there garbage that's remained uncollected. You have to look at the bottom of trash cans and see if those have been cleaned out. You have to search for pet feces or pet urine that has been left around or Dead things like mice that you poisoned and died inside the walls. But uh, the best way to try to rid yourself of flies is minimally a twice-a-week garbage collection and a cleaning of the house, excessive use of plastic bags for storage and disposal of wet garbage and food waste. And if you have garbage cans and dumpsters, tight-fitting lids must be important you know, put on it. Screens and uh, door screens, window screens in the summer. If these are letting flies through you can actually make the screen a little bit smaller by simply applying a coat of varnish to reduce the mesh size. But you start looking for gaps and tears in the screens and you want to just sort of pay very close attention to hygiene around your house. Well, I'm going to use this to segue into some history you're not supposed to know. And that is the Jewish Festival of the Unleavened Bread, which is actually the first Jewish festival of the year in the month of Nisan, which is March and April. (coughs) The festival covers seven days, and it is tied in with the festival of Passover. Now, the festival of Passover commemorates the deliverance of the Israelis from Egyptian bondage and reminds you that freedom is God's idea. Freedom is God's idea. While the festival of the unleavened bread is a memorial to the haste in which the Israelis actually left Egypt. Now in Exodus 12.15 God explicitly says that the bread to be used in the Feast of the Unleavened Bread is to be unleavened, because leaven to God represents sin. The unleavened bread symbolized that the people were not partaking of the polluting influences of Egypt, but only the pure bread of life, the manna from heaven, if you will. And always remember the Old Testament, uh, Testament teaches that It took 40 days to take Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. Anyway, um, so at the end of the uh, Feast of the Unleavened Bread, there's a game that the Jewish families play called Bet HaKai Shemetz. And the Shemetz is actually a food made from wheat, barley, rice, or spelt, that comes in contact with uh, some leaven and is allowed to rise. And the way the game is played is you gather around at the end of that time, you get a candle, and the uh, head of the household or the mother of the household hides ten pieces of bread throughout the house to be found uh, by searching the house, looking for the uh, the schmetz and uh, you want to be sure and write down the locations of the schmitz so you don't leave some there in case you don't find all 10. Anyway, you light a candle and you go around as a group in the house, into the, you know, out in the barn or into the uh, garage or whatever, searching for these uh, 10 pieces of bread uh, or similar uh, leavened, leavened uh, product that have been wrapped in a little bit of paper or some other flammable wrapping. And they're all collected, and then uh, they get together and they sing a song that says basically, Blessed are you, Lord our God, the King of the universe, who sanctified us by your commandments and commanded us concerning the removal of the shemets." So that is our Lord of the Fly segment. All right. Do we have more callers?
0: Yes, sir. we got some callers, but I'd like to remind everybody where you can get your memory revitalizer.
1: Absolutely. The, Let's do that. All right. It's at the local
0: stores. There's the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Thames Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, and Best Buy Pharmacy. Also at Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, and Sierra Bonca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. Also on the internet, you can get it at memoryrevitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct at 1-800-606-0192. And to call and stump the doctor, you can call us at 266-1600. Get your call in now. And caller, you're on the Kiva with Doctor Summers. Go ahead. Good afternoon. How can we help you? Go ahead, caller.
4: Hi, hi. This is David. Can you hear me?
0: David. Yes, yeah. Come on in. Uh, good.
4: Hey, I've got a quick question for you. Um, I had COVID in October, and and I had uh, I was fully vaccinated in in March and May of this year, or 2021 uh so that was covid october of 20 vaccinated march of 21 and i, I got to tell you i feel like the vaccine really took a toll on me like when i do a normal hike it uh it, you know it's it's no longer normal for me and it was that was not the case after actually having the disease i'm concerned about the booster What research are you seeing out there around having had it already, then being vaccinated, then boosted?
1: In general, if you have had the disease, it is a reason not to get the vaccine because you've increased the likelihood of what's called an SAE or severe adverse event to the vaccine because you already have antibodies, you're already protected, you take the vaccine on top of the natural protection, you increase the likelihood of clotting events, bleeding events, et cetera, et cetera, Uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. Sounds like you've got a bit of the latter, but let me get that sequence right. You first got the disease, then you got the vaccine, right? Correct. And how much time between the two? six months. Okay. So you probably had no need of getting the vaccine to begin with, but didn't know that. And uh, I'm hoping that we're spreading the information out there. Folks, if you've had the disease, don't get the vaccine because there's a higher probability of an adverse effect such as the one you described, David. I hope that helps. And, you know, in terms of uh, recovering that good diet and uh, just give it time let your body do the healing
4: will do all right thank you so much appreciate it
1: yes sir thank you for calling thank you
0: for listening caller you're on the kiva with dr summers
3: there. hello yeah good afternoon we got you okay thanks um yeah we just got done with our five-day course of covid my wife and i are pretty ill for a while I'm just wondering about something for the fatigue now that we're kind of over it and uh, the sinuses are clearing up. Uh, what would you suggest?
1: Well, I'm going to be a little self-serving. I like to recommend the Memory Revitalizer because, again, it has five genes in it. And uh, it also <laughs> is uh, a Heath Kit, if people remember what those were. Uh, I don't, I don't, know. I don't who, know
0: what that is. What is the Heath Kit, doctor?
1: Oh, the, back in the day... Uh, When televisions were outrageously expensive, you would buy a heath kit, which came with all of the little tubes and transistors you needed to make your own television for a fourth the cost. I see, I see. (laughs) So uh, I, I view what's in Memory Revitalizer as a heath kit to make new cells and to bring yourself back to health. So I generally recommend you take a month or two course of the Memory Revitalizer as a general, uh, frankly, health product, and see if it can't help you come back. A lot of folks who've had the COVID notice that their memory is not as sharp as it used to be, and it helps bring that back as well. I hope that helps, sir.
3: Okay, thank you, appreciate it.
1: Alrighty, it's a bit self-serving, but I think it's also accurate. Okay. Let's do another call, doctor. Absolutely. Caller, you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers. Good is afternoon. Yes, it's I you. didn't Come get your me. name. Hi, doctor. Yeah, um, hi. What's your name?
5: Uh, this is Cindy.
1: I'm sorry. Say again.
5: Cindy.
1: Oh, hi, Cindy. Thank you for calling.
5: Hi. Hey. Um. So I have a question. Uh, I have COVID right now. I'm on 14. I'm still congested, headache, but um, do you know what variant you?
1: Boy, did that break up. Eric, did you get in any better than I did? Uh, I didn't not, understand. Not very your much. Question. Here we
0: got one more waiting for you.
1: Okay. Cindy call back in. Let's see Wait, if we can get a better Cindy, connection. Cindy,
0: are you there now?
5: I'm here now.
1: Okay, speak slowly and if you've got the radio on in the background, please turn it off.
5: Okay. Um
1: That's a little better. Okay. What so was the how, question?
5: How would I know what they're like
1: how would you know?
5: What variant?
1: What variant? Yeah, yeah. I've not really seen any labs that can say this is the Delta, this is the uh, Oh my God variant, this is the Alpha. Uh, I'm not sure. They're either COVID positive or not. In fact, some of the tests that Walgreens was uh, putting out, they couldn't distinguish between influenza and COVID until after uh, the first of the year, according to them.
5: Okay.
1: So the answer is we don't really have a good answer for that.
5: Okay. I have I'm on day 14. And and is there any way it could turn worse or just keep getting better?
1: Generally speaking by day 14 it's had its it's taken its best shot at you. And uh, when I see people coming in the office for the first time that late in the game, I just add the oil of oregano and maybe some memory revitalizer, you know, healthy uh, eating, et cetera, plenty of fluids, and rest. I hope that helps, Cindy.
0: Thank you, Cindy.
1: Caller, you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers. Hello, Dr. Summers. Ah, clear transmission. That's great. Thank you.
4: Uh, yes, sir. I'm calling because I wanted to know, and you may have already touched base on this, but is there any correlation between blood type and uh, infections from COVID? I, I don't know if that's something that uh, you've already touched base on before you have.
1: Well, actually, I haven't. I've seen some things in the literature where they claim that blood type will give you uh, different courses in the COVID. I'm not sure how true that is. There's also things saying that if you are from certain ethnic or racial groups, you're going to have a worse course. Uh, I'm not sure how much validity there is to that. I think we'll declare you stumped the doctor. I'll do a little more research on that this week.
4: Yeah, because I was was reading early on, and this is the only thing that seems to be consistent over the last couple of years, has been that all blood types seem to be more resistant to, I don't know if it's actually getting the virus infected with it, but recovery from it.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've seen an article addressing that directly that looks legit to me. I've seen some rumors on the internet, but I haven't tracked them down. That's a good question. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. All righty. Caller here on
0: the Kiva with Dr. Summers.
5: Yes, hello.
1: Yes, I didn't get your name, ma'am.
5: Hi, my name is Phyllis. And uh, Dr. Sumner, my uh, husband, and I uh, are in our mid 60s, and we came down with what was determined well, what we've determined is COVID. Uh, about ten days ago, but initially it started out just with uh, fever and uh, and uh, uh, just unable to keep things food down and and uh, I have really uh, bad taste like everything is very sour, very bitter, very salty and very sweet and my husband's not able to keep anything down really. Um, so I'm just wondering if, uh, since we're going on 10 days, are we expecting another 10 days of this or
1: yeah, what I've should we seen expect it's, and is it
5: too yeah, late to do anything about it?
1: Well, again, let's talk about the virus. It's not a very smart virus. When it gets back of the throat, it's supposed to go down the, uh, trachea into the lungs and create havoc. But it's kind of stupid, so sometimes it goes down the esophagus into the stomach and you get a pattern of being unable to uh, you know, eat uh, or you'll throw up. A lot of nausea and a lot of loose stools, along with your change in taste and smell. After 10 days, the biggest concern I have is dehydration. I very strongly recommend that you get your hands on some broth, chicken noodle soup, uh, you know, Gatorade, uh, something that has both salt and uh, some nutrition in it, and uh, rehydrate and assume that you're somewhat dehydrated at yeah. this point. The, uh, the next thing is, of course, bed rest. I would uh, add the oil of oregano sublingual. I'm not sure that the hydroxychloroquine could be of much value at this late stage of the game. And the ivermectin, much the same. So I think that uh, you're kind of the cows are out in the pasture, and uh, most of the things people would think of, uh, you know, basically are going to be closing the uh, barn door. You might, if you can, go in and get the monoclonal antibody injections. I believe Mr. Biden has bought up the uh, monoclonal infusions and denied us that treatment. Uh, but the injections are still available at, for example, Highland Pharmacy in town does them.
5: The okay. injections are, are, you said yeah, the injections mon- are
1: available? Yeah, monoclonal antibodies.
5: And you would recommend getting those at yeah. this? Yeah, I think it,
1: it it certainly wouldn't hurt, and it could help uh, straighten out the course, but the main thing is get the hydration back.
5: Okay, so stay <coughs> hydrated. and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh,
1: and I would and add it the out. oil of oregano, it, it would be beneficial even at this late date. And, of course, you do need to uh, do things like pectate um, uh, or something to slow bowel motility to keep the loose stools in, in some sort of order. Uh-huh. Okay, well, thank you for calling, Phyllis. I appreciate it and you. hope that helps.
5: Thank you very much, doctor.
1: All right.
0: Caller, you're on the Kiva with Doctor Summers.
1: Yeah. Good Hello, afternoon. Dr.
7: Summers. Can You hear me?
1: Yes, I can. And your name is uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Hi, Jeremy.
7: Yeah. Hi. How are you doing today?
1: Tolerably well. All
7: right. How can we be of well, service? I'm, well, I have a question for you. I've been suffering from like a bloating issue for like the last like going on uh-huh. two years now, and it, it it's like a it looks like I'm pregnant and when you push into like my, into my stomach area, it feels like you're pushing into a beach ball,
1: okay. and
7: I, I just I cannot figure out how to get rid of this and just wondered if you had any ideas.
1: Well, no, the bloating is uh, associated with a lot of flatus and burping, in other words, gas.
7: I haven't been gassy. It, it's, it's just a constant, like, inflammation that's there. I've even fasted, tried to do anything I could to just reduce it even a little bit, and it's always there.
1: That's interesting. Do you have any particular sensitivities to certain types of food, most especially corn and uh, gluten, uh, in other words, wheat, that sort of thing?
7: I've never had anything going on until this started about almost two years ago, and it just came on and it hasn't gone away.
1: Well, one would uh, suspect food sensitivities as a cause. And uh, that uh, you might have a uh, overactive probiota, in other words, a uh, bunch of bad bugs in the bowel. I'm sure you've thought of uh, doing probiotics or something like that at this point, right?
7: Yeah, I've been thinking about those and trying to figure out what the best option for that would be.
1: Well, and I've, you might I've you might give it really a
7: clean, also hoping that that would clear it all up. And like, even I could fast all day drink a glass of water, and it still bloats.
1: Mm -hmm. And yet you're not producing more gas in one way or another that you see.
7: No, no burping, no farting. It's just just in the middle.
1: That's kind of interesting. I have to think about that a little bit. But try your probiotics and see if that changes it, and then look very carefully at your diet because I would suspect there's something in what you're doing that you're sensitive to and uh, that might be your cause. Now the other okay. thing is did you ever do the burp test to see if you're making enough acid?
7: No, actually I was just reading about
1: that. Um, yeah, the burp you, test is kind of yeah, the burp test is simple. It's a quarter to a half a teaspoon of baking soda in a small amount of water, say 3 or 4 ounces of water. You uh Take it down very quickly, and you time how long it takes you to burp. And if you don't burp, the problem is you're not making enough acid in your stomach. What we did there was we recreated the famous uh, science fair experiment where you have the little volcano, and you have the baking soda in the top of your uh, plaster of Paris volcano, and you pour vinegar in, and it creates this big bubbly (laughs) mess. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, but when you put the baking soda down in the stomach and if it doesn't react and create a burp, guess what? You don't have any acid down there. So you're really, uh, in jeopardy of not being able to digest almost all proteins, many fats, etc. So I would also add, try the burp test. If you fail it, then you have to get a product known as betaine hydrochloride, B E T A. N e, you get that at your health food stores, and you take a capsule of betaine before you eat anything, especially a McDonald hamburger, because somewhere in that patty there's some protein floating around, and you'll <laughs> need the acid to digest the protein. Okay, okay. I hope that helps, J- Jeremy. Thank yeah, yeah, you for thank you calling. So okay, bye bye. All right, okay, Doctor, one where more time. Are we at? <laughs> before, before we finish
0: up, I want to remind everybody where they can get their rem- memory revitalizer. You can get it at the local stores, the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, the Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. Also at memoryrevitalizer.net, lifelink.com, and you can order direct at 800-606-0192. And we got a couple couple more callers, doctor, or you want to... uh, Sure,
1: let's go for it. All right.
0: Caller, you're on the Kiva with Dr. Summers.
3: Hello, Dr. Summers. Yes, sir. Am I the one that's on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I
1: didn't get your name, sir. It's Tom, sir. Okay, Tom. How can we be of service? Well, in speaking
3: about COVID and vaccinations, I'm 72. I'm unvaccinated, not worried about it. haven't really paid. Well, it inundates you with news, but I haven't acted as if I was afraid of getting it. My daughter, however, was vaxxed, double vaxxed last year. She's 14, and as soon as... As soon as they allowed uh, that aid group to get it, my wife ran out unbeknownst to me and had her vaxxed and vaxxed again. And as she swims, uh, high school swimming, and her times have gone down by a couple of seconds when over months, but when she should be getting stronger. I mean, kids at that age are, are just uh, gaining strength uh, and stuff, so I wondered if... Uh, at her annual exam, she should be looked at by a cardiologist or something, just to see if there's any of these enlargement issues.
1: Uh, I don't know. The other uh, thing what would you I w- think about that, yeah, Tom. The other thing I would tend to think about is uh, these things stir up the clotting mechanism, and how I usually inoculate against that is using a form of garlic, aged garlic, twice a day. I uh, prefer the brand called Kyolic Aged Garlic. A capsule of that twice a day and that's Mother Nature's form of aspirin and it thins the uh, blood just a bit to use the general phrase. Uh, That'd be for her. And then even at 14, uh, the other thing you augment it with is one adult aspirin twice a week. That would be a Sunday and a Thursday. So between the aspirin tw- one, twice a week, on Sunday and on Thursday, plus the Chiolic, what we're doing is basically decreasing the likelihood of microclots caused by this vaccine. Or at least right. that's the intent. And that
3: would be something you and can, so under your control.
1: Under your for control. Confirmation. Yes, sir. But anyway, that would be under your control. You don't have to own a prescription pad to do that.
3: Yeah, I like that. One uh, 325 twice a, twice a week. Yeah, it turns cold. out
1: that that one 325 will uh, sort of disable all the platelets in your body on Sunday, and you don't regenerate your platelets for four days. So that gets you through to Thursday.
3: Okay. And then when
1: you add the Kyolic on top of that, it should give you the coverage. Okay. And, maybe, and then give her some time, see if she doesn't recover.
3: Well, I don't know if she'll listen to me. She gets most of her input from the other side, if you know what I mean. So.
1: Well, that's part of the madness of young girls in their 14, in their teenage years, that uh, parents are fuddy-duddies that know nothing.
3: Yeah, I, I just, they consume too much of mainstream media, and so they're— They're walking around completely masked, and sometimes even in the house, it's crazed.
1: Yeah, I uh, call that uh, herd insanity, and I'm afraid with the number of people driving in their car alone, masked up, we have reached herd insanity.
3: Yeah, it's um, a lot of uh, psychological studies coming out. theories now about how easily people are swayed and have been throughout history.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, it explains a lot of the actions of people living in Germany in the 1930s and 1940s.
3: Exactly. The correlation to a number of institutions that have been compromised to accomplish uh, nefarious ends.
1: Yes, I hope that answers, Tom, and uh, good luck with the daughter. (laughs) Very much. I would Thank recruit you. your wife to help you. Maybe she'll mm-hmm. listen a little more to your wife than you.
3: Yeah, yeah, that might be. Yeah, well, that might be a possibility.
1: Okay, Thank sir. You. Thank you for calling. Bye now. All right,
0: doctor. We got a couple more minutes left in this time. Uh, how about if we go over a couple of remedies for the common cold in the next couple of minutes?
1: Oh, yeah. I was hoping some of the callers would share some of theirs, but. Almost everybody uh, has uh, the family uh, thing for the common cold, and uh, a lot of them are really quite effective. I mean, uh, to me, what you do is you mix a little bit of ginger with some fresh lemon, in lemon, a little touch of cayenne pepper, and a cup of hot water, and add a teaspoon of raw honey, and then if you really want to soup it up, Add a half a shot of uh, Jack Daniels or a little whiskey. And it's kind of delicious, nutritious, and heartwarming. And you gargle a little bit, then swallow. And that'll take away a lot of that sore throat business, a lot of the muscle aches that come with the common cold. But there are a whole bunch of things you can do. A standard saltwater gargle is one of them. Uh, You can make ginger tea all by itself is quite helpful. Uh, But uh, I imagine there's some callers out there. If we could recruit a caller to call in. Another way to deal with a common cold is uh, peppermint. You can make a steam treatment of uh, seven or eight drops of essential peppermint oil to a cup of water that's just been boiled. Drape a towel over your head, take in a few deep breaths in the peppermint. That'll open up the airways and help uh, stave off that common cold. And if you have a chronic cough, you might think in terms of marshmallow root, which has been used since ancient times to treat sore throats and coughs that are chronic. And uh, the marshmallow actually has a mucilage which coats the throat and soothes the irritation. But here's one people mostly forget, and that's fluids. To ease a cough, if you add fluids, and by fluids I mean salt, I mean broth, I mean ginger ale, I mean Gatorade, the fluids actually uh, help thin out the mucus and relieve the dryness in your throat and hence uh, secondarily suppress the cough. Anyway, uh, hot liquids like broth are also very helpful. And I hear that sucking on an ice cube can help as well with the cough. Anyway, we have to leave you folks, but thank you so much for listening. And we hope we've brought you useful information today. Eric, thank you so much. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for your enlightenment and your knowledge
0: and your patience. Uh, this is 1600 AM, rockoftalk.chat, abq.fm. Tune in next Saturday, Dr. Summers.
1: Absolutely. Next in, week will be a. Uh, I get to control it. <laughs> That's all good. All right. All right. All right you lot, have buddy.
0: a healthy week, folks. Coming up next, Jeffrey Candelaria.